It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible, or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 3814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're with us on this July 26th. 2007. We're live and we're ready to go. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My co-host, my father, Greg Gwynn, is out of town preaching in Indiana tonight, and so he won't be with us, but we're glad that you're here. Tonight we want to talk about our tongue and how we can tame our tongue. It is a great challenge to us to control our tongue, and we want to talk about that on the program tonight. Along those lines, we've asked a couple of questions if you're on our update list. We sent out an email this morning. With a couple of questions for you to consider, we asked, what is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today? What is the most overlooked sin, do you believe, of the tongue? There's plenty of time for you to join in on our question for tonight. What is the most overlooked sin of the tongue? Let us know your thoughts. Send those comments to questions at collegeview.com. And then the second question in our poll this morning was, how can we overcome that sin, that overlooked sin we're looking forward to your discussion on the program tonight. Again, questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. 877-381-4567 is the telephone number to use on the virtual Bible study tonight. Joining me in my father's absence, a couple of gentlemen from the congregation here at College View. Monty Overton is here. Hello, Monty. Hello, Jacobs. Good to see you tonight. Good to see you. Thank you for coming. Is it really good to see me? Wonderful to see you. All right, good. And uh, joining us also tonight, uh, Mike Johnson is here. Hello, Mike. Hi, Jacob and Monty. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, Mike. Thank you for coming. Well, Monty, we talked about this subject one year ago. We talked about uh, controlling our tongue. I looked uh, over some notes last night, thought it would be good to talk about the tongue, and then this morning I looked back in the records and found out we talked about this one year ago today. But I have no fear that this is something that doesn't need to be talked about because the Bible tells us very clearly that the tongue is a difficult thing to get a hold of. And so talking about it once a year may not be enough, uh, uh, not, not often enough, to, to think about what we're doing with our tongues. You know, even though we may have made progress on controlling our tongue, we still need always to strive to control it better than what we're doing now. And so by going back over it again, that will help us to continue to work and let God help us with controlling our tongue. Exactly right. If you missed the program last year, you can go back in our archives and look at any of our past programs. I encourage you to go back to July 20th of last year, the program entitled Control Your Tongue. We had uh, Dwight Mullet, who is works in the entertainment industry, to join us on that program. He gave us an interesting perspective about the evil uh, entertainment in our society, and he gave us an inside look at why some of that goes on. So if you missed that program last year, I encourage you to go back and listen to it in the archives again, July 20th last year. But it is very clear that the tongue is an important thing to discuss because James chapter 3, verse 8 tells us very clearly the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. And so we can't tame the tongue. Money will always have to make sure that we're keeping our tongue in check. Our tongue is not like an animal that we can tame. You know, we can tame all kinds of animals. We can tame lions and tigers where we can get in a cage with that lion or tiger and have confidence that if we turned our back, that lion or that tiger is not going to attack us. We can tame that animal. But our tongue is not like that. We will never get to the point where we can say, I have my tongue under control, I don't have to worry about it, it's not going to do something that I will regret, and I can just ignore my tongue. The Bible tells us that we will, throughout our life, have to keep an eye on our tongue because we can't tame it. That's right. We've always got to struggle with that because there's always things coming up, and we let our emotions get in the way sometimes. And when that happens, then we're not being aware necessarily of what we're saying or not like we should be. And we'll say things that we shouldn't. So we've always got to keep a focus on what we're saying so that we don't sin with our tongue. What do you think about the tongue? Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Remember our two poll questions for tonight. What do you believe is the most overlooked sin of the tongue? 
What is this, a sin of the tongue that people are ignoring, not thinking about, not keeping their tongue in check in this area of their life? Let us know that. Let us know how we can overcome that sin. Again, questions at collegeview.com or 877-381-4567. You know, Mike, it's very clear that we've got to make sure that we keep our tongue under control. Certainly, and uh, along the point that, that Monty was talking about, you know, one of the things I think that sometimes we overlook, uh, uh, sometimes sometimes I don't think we, we realize that one of the dangers of this is that when we don't control our tongue, it's not as though when we say these things that 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 we can stop and and erase what it is and 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 take the words back. Once we say it, it's out there. It's been said. It's not as though we can go back and erase that. And when you don't have any sort of of control over your tongue or anything like that, uh, then certainly certainly bad things will happen. All right. And so it is dangerous, is what you're telling me there, Mike. Is that it can do all kinds of hurt, and it can it can harm our influence. It can harm other people. It can harm the cause of, of the Lord by the way that we use our tongue, and so we've got to be careful about it. Jesus was very clear in his instructions, Mike, uh, about our tongue and uh, and having it under control. Uh, certainly, in in Matthew chapter uh, fifteen and verse eleven, it says, "Not that which goeth, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth this defileth a man." Exactly right. In Matthew fifteen verse eighteen, we read the reason why. But those things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. And so, Monty, the way that we talk and the way that we use our tongue tells us the condition of our heart. I can tell what kind of heart you have by the way that you use your tongue. And let me tell you, a lot of people are letting me know that their heart is in a bad condition by the way that they talk. Yeah, you can go anywhere in the world today that you might go, and you'll hear people talking, and you'll hear all sorts of manner and evil coming out, and they might perceive themselves to be good people, but uh, you can tell by what they're saying that really they've got a lot of work to do on their character if they're going to be the kind of people God would have them to be. Exactly right, because it tells us that what we talk about tells us the condition of our heart, and it can indicate uh, that our heart's in bad shape. Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Again, Mike, we see the abundance of people's heart portrayed every day you know we like to think that we're not very transparent but in the area of our tongue we're absolutely transparent that's what jesus tells us certainly you know there's that uh uh, i don't know if i have the old saying correct was that uh saying that says you know it's better to be better for people to to think that you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt and uh you know sometimes i I think that's uh you know certainly correct with what you're you know mentioning jacob is that you know a lot of times you can tell a lot by the conversation and the words that people say and you can learn a lot about a person without even without even speaking to them but just hearing them speak all right we want to know from you what is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today if you're just joining us on the program we're talking about controlling our tongue the sins of the tongue We want to know, what do you believe is the most overlooked sin of the tongue? What are some areas where religious people are ignoring the instructions of the Bible and are engaged in sin as it relates to the use of their tongue? What is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today, and how can we avoid it? We've got some emails already. People have answered this question. We want to take one from you. Questions at collegeview.com, or join us on the phone at 877-381-4567. You know, James chapter 3 has important instructions for us, Monty, as we think about our tongue. In James chapter 3, verse 3, Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And we go on in verse 4, where we read, Behold, also the ships, which are, though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. How, behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Great imagery there of the tongue, Monty, and how it can really take control of our lives and can control us and get us in all kinds of trouble if we're not careful. Yeah, Jacob, when you think about it, the most trouble that most of us ever been with in in our lives is because we said something we shouldn't have. We said something rude to somebody or we said used language that we shouldn't have used or we said something that hurt someone's feelings or just we just let our mouth get us all in, in all sorts of trouble because we didn't have sense enough to keep it shut. And the problem, like Mike said, when you when you when those words come out of your mouth, they're like a bullet that's come out of a gun. You can't call it back, and the damage is done. And you might wish forever that you hadn't said what you said, but it's it's already been done. And like the illustration used here, uh, 
uh, the little member of our body, relatively speaking, our tongue's a small part of our body, but it can get the whole rest of us in a bunch of trouble. Exactly right. Um, you know, it's incredible there. We can control a, a horse, Mike, and the, the strength of a horse, we can control it. We can control uh, a ship with a little bitty member. And so it is with our with our tongue. Our tongue can control us if we're not careful. Amazing to think, uh, really, in, in the verses that were uh, that that are mentioned there. <clears throat> the part that really stands out to me is the ship being controlled by the rudder, because that's such a contrast. And if you've seen the size of you know ships, uh, you know tanker ships, things like that, and the small rudder that controls them. And uh, you know sometimes I think as uh, you know as Christians we don't realize that you know something as uh, as we may consider insignificant as our tongue. Uh, or our speech might actually cause us to lose our soul. Exactly right, but it will because certainly we are failing oftentimes to control our tongue because we cannot tame it, and so we need to understand the dangers of our tongue. Verse 5 again, Monty says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts us great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and my tongue has kindled a big fire before many times. And uh, and our tongue can start all kinds of trouble for us if we're not careful. Yeah, you know, when we think about the, the illustration of a fire, right now in the American West, there's huge forest fires burning. There was one of them I heard that's talking like it's over 100 and something square miles. Well, that's a huge fire. And it was just a little bitty spark probably that started, not it, nothing at all in comparison to the problem that's developed from it. And we run into the same thing ourselves. I know at work one time I was reprimanded by my supervisor because I was being too much of a smart aleck with other people and told that if I was going to continue to be there, then I was going to have to change the way I was talking to people. And, you know, I didn't think too much about it the way I was speaking, but and that but that's the problem. We don't think about what we're saying. We just engage our mouth and get it going before we ever get around to engaging our mind and being aware of what we're talking about. Exactly right. And, Mike, it can cause damage, as you said. It can cause damage that lasts for years. The fire that the tongue kindles can last for a long time. Certainly, as uh, you know, as Monty was talking about the forest fires, you know, th- those those oftentimes affect more than just more than just just the trees. You know, they they affect homes, they affect people's lives, they affect uh, they affect the environment to an extent. They affect uh, you know certain animals being displaced and 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 certain things like that. So, in in contrast to our lives, we can look at that and see that how if we don't control our tongue, that not only will it uh, has the potential to harm certain you know uh, uh, certain close relationships, but then also has the ability to go far beyond that and and do more damage uh, and do more damage because of it. All right. Well, we're going to take our break a little early so that you can ha- take time to send us your comments. What is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today? We're going to get into some of the sins of the tongue on the other side of the break. And we want to talk to you and hear your thoughts. What is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today? 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Hi, my name is Mike Holt. My wife and I, we love listening to the virtual Bible study. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study. Thank you again for joining us on the program tonight. Again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about the sins of the tongue and uh, the important necessity that we have of controlling our tongue because out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaketh. The way that we talk tells other people about the condition of our heart, and so it is important for us to consider our heart. We're considering the passage of James chapter 3 that talks extensively about the tongue. Monty, there's lots of warnings there, lots of scary things that we read in James chapter 3. 
Yeah, when you start thinking about all these warnings and, and what it's telling us about, uh, I believe it's trying to explain to us that this tongue, that if we don't keep it in control, can condemn our soul to hell. And, uh, you know, that's a, a eternal prospect there. It's not something that is just as inconvenient as possibly losing a job and having to go find another job or making someone mad and then having to go make amends for it. But it can condemn our soul to hell, and that's an eternal prospect, and I don't believe any of us want that. All right. Speaking of tongues, we have another tongue on the program tonight. Tom Goodall has just joined us. Hello, Tom. How are you doing? Thank you for coming tonight to be a part of the program. Looking forward to talking with you about uh, the tongue. Again, we'd like to hear your thoughts at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. What is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today? It says in uh, James chapter 3, verse 8 again, The tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and flesh, or fresh. So we see the importance of controlling our tongue, and so we need to talk about those sins tonight. This tongue is very dangerous, and we need to know the things that we should be on guard against. You know, Monty, one of the first things that we need to think about and talk about is the sin of gossip, and that is a incredible sin. A lot of times we think that sin is limited to to the female population, but it is not. Gossip is a danger to us all. Yeah, um, it's not any particular type of people necessarily that gossip. You know, if we're not careful, we can all get involved in that. And it seems real simple. We'll see somebody say something or hear somebody say something or see them do something. And if we're not careful, we jump right in the middle of the telling the next person that we meet about it. And that's not the type of behavior that we should be behaving in. Exactly right. And the condition, the instruction of uh, against uh, gossip Tom, is not very difficult to find in the Bible. There are numerous instructions to tell us to be on guard against gossip. Yeah, and like I said, it's one of the hardest things, I think, to for a Christian or anyone to avoid. A lot of times we just get caught up in wanting to hear something about someone else, and sometimes we don't really check the resources out to see whether they're correct or not. We go back to the old days in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16. Instruction to the Israelites was in Leviticus 19, verse 16, Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people, neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. And so the Israelites were warned about being a talebearer. Sounds like a gossip to me there, Monty, told not to be a talebearer. And we also read in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19, some of the things that God hates. In verse 19 of Proverbs chapter 6, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. Certainly a description that would fit that of, that of a gossip, someone who's sowing discord among his brethren. He's going around as a talebearer. In the Old Testament, that was something that should be avoided. The same is true in the New Testament. You know, I believe the Lord was trying to tell us here in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 16, he's, when he's talking about thou shalt not stand against the blood of thy neighbor, he's talking about this talebearer here can go and get so much stuff stirred up with the gossiping that he's doing that it actually comes to blows and the shedding of blood. And uh, and then in Proverbs verses 6, verse 19 down here, and he's talking about this false witness speaking lies and soweth discord among the brethren. You know, a person that's gossiping and being a false witness that way, misusing their tongue, can basically destroy relationships among 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 the brethren just because of what he's saying that he shouldn't be talking about. Along those lines, we have a comment from one of our listeners. I believe this is Anthony here in Columbia. He says, maybe the most overlooked, I would say, would be the idle words we speak, negative things we say about others in private because we think no one is listening. The Bible says we'll be judged for these things, and we may not realize that little ears are listening to our griping or our, quote, did you see so-and-so, end quote, comments to our spouses. He goes on and gives us a, a advice for how we can overcome that sin. He says, Grandma's advice is probably the best answer. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing, even behind closed doors. And so we appreciate that comment tonight. But that is true. We've got to be careful about what we say, Mike, even when it's in confidence behind closed doors. Gossip is gossip, and we've got to be on guard against it. Well, certainly, uh, you know, certainly we should. Uh, you know, the idea of gossip is... Is something you know that that I guess you would almost uh, you hear sometimes people delight 
in telling other people about the supposed failures of others. And certainly that's not what we're supposed to be about, especially when many times gossip turns out to be nothing more than, uh, you know, hearsay. You've heard that uh, or you know, heard about that certain uh, uh, exercise they they do sometimes in certain companies where they have a large room and they'll start, you know, at the very beginning by telling one person something and then they have to pass it on to the next person all the way around the room. And by the time it gets from one place to the next, then you know by the time it's, it gets to the very end of the room, it's not even anywhere close uh, to 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 what was originally said. And of course, God has you know instructions for that in the New Testament. That when we have problems with someone, Jacob, you and I have a problem. Then then who, whoever has the problem is, has the responsibility to go to another. Gossip <clears throat> does the exact opposite. It goes to everyone else. Therefore, it starts affecting everyone else. And then before you know it, you have uh, you have hurt feelings and many times uh, uh, severed relationships. You know, it goes back to what Jesus said about our, our tongue and our heart, how they're tied together. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. When we're gossiping about others, Monty, it shows that we don't love our brethren as we should. We're taking some delight in their failure, in their sin. Whereas if we love them, we would have concern for their soul and be upset about their sin, and we want to go talk to them and get them to correct it instead of going around and talking behind their back and gossiping of the things that they've done. You know, we're taught in the New Testament that we're to edify one another and our brethren. We're supposed to build them up and uplift them and help them through their difficulties in life. And we can't do that if we're talking about them to everybody else. So, And, and I think in relation to the email that Anthony sent, one of the things that he pointed out there was, I think he was referring to our children. You know, our children are going to do what they see us do. If it's good stuff, they'll be imitating that. Or if it's bad stuff, they'll imitate that. And not even our children, but other people that we talk to about Jesus are going to be paying attention to what we do. And when they see us gossiping or misusing our tongue, they're going to notice that about us. And they'll either imitate that in our actions or they'll completely discount what we're trying to teach them about God because they don't want to be that type of person. All right, let me ask you guys for your uh, your opinion. There's a lot of discussion about how do I know when something is gossip? You know, how do I know if I shouldn't say that? How do you guys make that determination? How do we know if something we're going to say is gossip and should be avoided or if it's okay to say? You have any ideas about that, Tom? Well, one thing, you know, do we have any substantiation or do we know it firsthand? Uh, if we don't know it firsthand, then sometimes what we need to say is just, you know, hold on, let me go ask the source. Uh, and uh, and that's very hard for us as humans to do. We don't like to go to ask us, go to the source. We we tend to like to take the easy way about it and just hear about it. And a lot of times what happens is what we've heard is not necessarily what's true or we don't get the context in which it was said. All right. Mike, you got any thoughts about that? How do we determine if uh, if something is gossip and should be avoided, or if I think it's, maybe uh, something we should talk about? I'm sorry. Uh, I think maybe a couple ways to be is, is how people introduce uh, how people maybe introduce the topic. You know, do they come up and say, uh, you know, don't tell anyone this, but you know, this is what I've heard about about brother so and so or sister so and so, or uh, you know, something. You know, don't quote me on this, but this is the rumor going around. You know, that brother, sister, so and so, whatever it is. Something like that, so possibly it could be the way that the the way that uh, that that it's introduced. All right, Monty, anything else? It would seem to me it, when we're thinking about that, uh, sometimes it may be necessary for us to talk to someone else to to determine a good way about solving a problem that's going on. And so, we're, is what we're talking to someone else about this other situation? Is it something necessary to be said and discussed? Or is it something we're just spilling out information just because we got to have words coming out of our I mouth? I think you're right, Mike. We need to think about our motive and our, our heart, the condition of our heart when we're talking about this. We do need to talk about problems, and there's sometimes we need to talk about other people's problems with other individuals. You know, we have to get counsel from people sometimes in order to figure out what the solution for a problem is. And so occasionally to do that, we have to divulge the details of what the problem is and who it, who it affects. Exactly. But we need to make sure, like you said, that our motives in that is in curing the problem rather than spreading the problem. All right. We've got to ask ourselves, why am I telling this? Am I telling it to run down my brother, to, to tell their failures, or am I doing it because I want to make the situation better? Back to Proverbs 6. Remember, uh, one of the things God hates is he that soweth discord among brethren. And back to what Monty was saying, you know, if like like Monty was saying, you know, if if the true intent is that they need to help someone, there's going to be times where 
uh, where details have to be divulged. However, there's a huge difference in that, and then you know coming with the with the intent to sow discord between between brethren. All right, appreciate those thoughts. And there's just one other thing too. When we we do go in to seek that counsel or you know uh, get that information, we need to do that in a very uh, you know, controlled environment. A lot of times when we just do it where other people can overhear it, sometimes people's ears pick up and we have given a venue to, uh, for gossip for when people hear selected things uh, on uh, situations along that line. You know, think about that, Tom. If uh, Let's say I went up to Mike and said, Mike, I heard something about Tom. Yeah, I heard Tom was down at the store today and he, he was shoplifting. Monty overhears me tell that. And uh, and Mike immediately corrects me, but Monty doesn't hear all that. So now Monty is going to think badly of Tom for who knows how long. May have that in his mind that that uh, that Tom uh, likes to go down to the the Walmart and get a five finger discount when uh, when that was just all rumor and it could have been controlled. But so that, like you said, we've got to be careful about what we say and how we say it. Right. We've got to not only control our tongue, but quite often control here who hears what our tongue is saying even when it's in a justified manner of speech. All right. We'd like to hear your thoughts again. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. All right, guys. Any other comments about gossip before we go on? Well, rumor has it we should go on to the next point then. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, foul language. And, uh, Monty, what do you think about uh, about the foul language? Certainly the Bible has all kinds of instructions or the, the controlling of our tongue and the, the language that we use. You know, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, but now you also put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. And I believe that filthy communication there with what we would normally refer to is foul language. And it seems to me that in the world today, that's just a, it's a huge problem. Everywhere you go, you hear people talking ugly. Uh, if you try to watch TV, which I don't try too often, but when you try that, you hear filthy language, foul language coming out there. Uh, and quite often, if you're not careful, Christians wind up repeating those same words coming out. We develop speech patterns from the things that we hear, and that foul language can, and filthy language can really affect us. Colossians 3, verse 8, but put ye also, uh, but now put ye also, put, <laughs> let me start over. But now ye also put off these anger, mal, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Filthy communication's got to be put off, Mike. It's got to be something that we get rid of if we're going to be pleasing to God. Well, certainly, uh, you know, the, we need to realize that that even though the world talks a certain way, as Monty pointed out, it's so prevalent in our society, whether it's on television or even radio, uh, co-workers, you know, some places we can't avoid. You know, we we can't let that affect us and, and, and let that affect, you know, how we speak and, 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 and the type of... Uh, uh, the type of words we use, you know, we're told that our speech is to be seasoned with salt, and certainly uh, foul language and filthy language would be be certainly, you know, uh, the, the farthest from that. And, Tom, we talk about the entertainment that we expose ourselves to and the media that we're exposed to uh, almost constantly in our society. That can put those those evil thoughts into our mind, and uh, as you just said, if we dwell on those things, they'll start to come out in our, in our mouth. Uh, I've been, you know, in the workplace, and, you know, even it is – the foul language has crept into the the boardroom and to common everyday meetings, uh, and it's hard to you know sometimes sit through a meeting without having uh, you know just the language deteriorate to the point uh, and people use it for emphasis anymore and uh, and when you call attention to it uh, they take offense to it uh, like how how dare you you know. Uh, try to correct me on that situation. I was just trying to express a point. Exactly right. We'll talk about some, this some more on the other side of the break. But it is time for our break. We have an email from uh, Indiana tonight. And we read in the email, where I, while I was growing up, I heard many times that one should put one's mind in gear before putting one, one's mouth in motion. People say things which they really don't intend to and then later regret what they said. This happens a lot when people lose control of their temper and don't think about what they're saying. Words can hurt a person just as much as hitting them with a hammer. The wound will heal, but the memory of what was said will always be there. This is especially true with young children as they are easily hurt with verbal anger. Control what you say and think first before speaking. So appreciate those comments. Want to hear yours? Send your email, your questions, or your comments to questions at collegeview.com or give us a call at 877-381-4567. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. 
These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the virtual Bible study. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Thank you again for joining us. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. We encourage you to come and worship with the College View Church of Christ if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area to find out what it is we're all about. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., and then on Sunday evenings at 6, and then Sunday or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m., we would encourage you to come and worship with the College View Church of Christ. If you're outside of the Columbia, Tennessee area, find out more about us at our website, collegeview.com. And if you have any questions anytime throughout the week, we encourage you to contact us over email or over the phone. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about the tongue on the program tonight and controlling our tongue. The tongue cannot be tamed. We always will have to keep an eye on our tongue. That's what James chapter 3, verse 8 tells us. But we need to know the different sins of our tongue so that we know how to control it. We've talked about gossip. We're talking about foul language. Now, we'd like to hear from you. What do you believe is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today? And how can we overcome that sin? Let us know your thoughts. Send us an email or give us a call. Well, Monty, we've talked about the fact that uh, foul language is all around us. And that can begin to influence us, but Romans chapter 12, verse 2 tells us very clearly that we have to avoid all of the evil influences of the world, including the influence of the world on our tongue that tries to influence us to speak in ways that we shouldn't. That's right. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. You know, when the world around us is constantly using this kind of language, we're not to conform ourselves and start and begin to speak that way ourselves, but we have to be transformed from that world, and we do that by studying the will of God. Exactly right. We have to study, renew our minds, and so we have to make sure that we're studying the word of God so we know what is evil. You know, we look at the world around us, Monty, we would think there's not anything evil with speaking foul language. Everyone does it. It's very commonplace. We do it all the time if we're in the world. And so if we're exposed to that constantly, we could begin to think that there's nothing wrong with using that type of language. It's only when we go to the Word of God and we see what God has said about it that we learn how we should discuss and how we should talk. You know, I heard someone say one time that someone told about him, this particular person was in the habit of just cussing terrible all the time, and someone told him, said, you know, the reason you talk that way is because you don't know very many words of the English language. And the person said it hurt his feelings at first, but then he got to realizing that in order to make it sound like he had plenty to say about a subject is why he was throwing all this filthy talk in there. And we need to realize that, that we don't need to be just throwing these vain words out and just filling up the airwaves with words just because we need something to say and that we talk ugly just in order to accomplish that. But we need to make sure we've really got something to say that's important and otherwise keep our mouth shut. Exactly right. Mike, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, gives us some instruction on how we can control that evil language, and how we control those evil words from coming out of our, our mouth. Yeah, uh, Jacob, Philippians 4, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, uh, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things you know we we've mentioned about uh you know about society and, and media in general uh television and and radio you know 
I think this right here might speak exactly to that. Are those things that we are putting into our minds, as we talked about you know, earlier, Jacob, the things that go you know in, into the mouth can defile the man? Are those things that we're that we are viewing? Or hearing, you know, are those things lovely? Are they pure? Or are they lovely? Are they of good report? All right. And so we have to be careful about the things that we think about because they will come out, and they will come out as that foul language that we've got to be on guard against. But Colossians 4, verse 6, on the other hand, tells us the importance of controlling our tongue where we read, Let your speech be always grace with grace seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And so we have to have that type of language in our life and avoid the foul language that the world uses so commonly. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. You know, Jacob, this, this scripture in Philippians that we just read tells us that even though we've got all this filth from the world trying to invade our thoughts and trying to become a part of us, if we'll focus and meditate and think on these things that are good, on these godly things, on studying God's word, that's how we can keep these other things off. Because if we're focusing on what God would have us to do and say, then there's no room in there for these these impure thoughts. Yeah, it sounds like mind. a full sounds like a full mind there to me. If you that that verse is a long verse of all kinds of things that we should be thinking about. Don't see a lot of room in there, Tom, for anything other than pure thoughts if we're thinking on the things we're supposed to be thinking on. That's true. And you know, you think back, it wasn't very long ago that. Uh, you know, people really watched what they said. Uh, you can remember, I can remember back being, you know, in grade school, even into high school, uh, which, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, you know, you'd walk into a place where, you know, if there were uh, ladies present, you you changed your, your tone and your the manner of speech. Uh, today, it doesn't matter. Sometimes uh, I've seen a lot of men be uh, embarrassed and uh, red-faced by what comes out of you know young ladies' mouths at times, and it just shows how our society has turned around and and changed things quite a bit. Uh, so you know it it's something that society does dictate to us. Exactly right. And you know it was interesting back in those days when people tried to not use that language around women. Shows that you can control your tongue, and you can keep it in check if you're if you're on guard against it. But uh, a lot of times people just didn't want to, and so they use that language when they were around the guys or they wouldn't use it around the women. And so uh, it shows us that, that we can control our tongue if we'll stay after it. You know, the Scriptures teach us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, if we filled our heart with these good things and these pure things, like we were talking about in Philippians there a minute ago, that's what's going to be in our heart. And if we've just filled it completely with that, that's going to be what's in the abundance of our heart. So then that makes it easier for us to have good speech. All right, 877-381-4567. Give us a call on the phone or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Maybe people are a little bit nervous about calling on the phone tonight because we've been talking about the use of the tongue. Maybe they're worried they'll say the wrong thing, but uh, we don't want you to worry about that. We want you to call 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com. All right, well, here's another one that uh, is increasingly a problem in our society, perhaps, and that is using the Lord's name in vain. Monty, you, you can't go throughout a day if you're in the world without hearing someone using the Lord's name in vain, and they don't even realize what they're saying many times because it's become such a common expression in their in their vocabulary. And uh, the world does it, and it rubs off on Christians, and Christians are using the Lord's name in vain as well. You know, Jacob, I've, even in this, this building here at times, before a worship service, you hear some, I've heard people talking, and, and they'll use the Lord's name in vain that way, and they don't realize they've done it because it's become, like you said, it's become such a habit in the world. It's become everywhere you go, you hear it done, and people don't realize what they're saying. If they if they had half of it, just thought for a minute about what they're saying, they wouldn't do it. But it's so become ingrained in people from, from hearing it out and amongst the world and everybody else saying it that even Christians are using the Lord's name in vain. And it, it's not in the necessarily in the way that we normally think of it being done, but it's just... Uh, They'll be talking and say, oh, God, you know, and I've heard people in this very building do that very thing when we know that that was a vain use of the Lord's name and they shouldn't be doing it, but they're just not aware of what they're saying. Exactly right. Uh, you know, one of the things along the line of what Monty was saying is that one of the things I think that Christians really need to be aware of, uh, certainly myself, is that, you know, other forms of of the word, you know, God, uh, you know, for instance, uh, one time I heard uh, someone you use the expression um, hallelujah uh, as far it, it was something I, I don't know exactly what it was but it was like you know saying you know hallelujah the car started well what does that mean i mean to praise god the car started that would be 
is is what Monty was talking about. You know, the, to, I, in my in my belief, taking God's name in vain. So not just not just because someone says, "Oh God," which certainly would qualify, but other forms and expressions, I think, also can be can be included in that. And what it does, Tom, is it lowers God in our estimation as we use His name in vain. We begin to think of Him in those common ways, and uh, we begin to fail to respect Him as we should when we use His name in vain. And really, we should be always trying to exalt him and honor him and praise him in the things. Uh, we even find that a lot of times when we try to catch ourselves, if uh, in our manner of speech, a lot of times we'll use words and substitute in there like, you know, oh gosh, or, you know, uh, things like that, that uh, when we really think about it, what what are we really, really saying? You're saying the same thing. We're really saying the same thing. We've just substituted a word in. It doesn't sound quite as bad. Uh, but really the world around us probably, you know, interprets it the same way. Exactly right. What do you think about uh, our tongue? What do you believe is the most overlooked sin of our tongue today? 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. You know, Jacob, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, it says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. So God has a really serious outlook on how we use his name. Uh, he says it's, we're not going to be held guiltless to take his name in vain. So when we don't give his, when we use his name in an irreverent fashion, when we don't put him on the pedestal and with the glory and reverence that he deserves, uh, we're using his name in vain then, and that's going to be, well, there's consequences that goes with that. Exactly right. I was going to say along the point that, that Tom made, which I think is a really good point, you know, when we substitute another word for it, it 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 doesn't make it right. You know, if I was to come up to 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 Tom or something like that and say, you know, Tom, you're really ugly. And then Tom will say, you know, that's not very nice to say. And we'll say, well, I'm sorry, you're hideous. Well, that's the, that's the exact same the the exact same word being substituted. It does not change the fact that that it was it was wrong for me to say or or ugly for me to say. No offense toward Tom or anything, but uh, just just using that uh, certainly as an example of of. You know, we talk about how warped the world is. You know, if people out in the world use use gosh and golly and things like that, they're looked at as kind of goody two shoes and things like that. Whereas, as Tom made the good point, you know, that's still, in in my estimation, still taking God's name in vain. Whereas the world looks at it as as certainly something that you know people kind of go too far the other way of of, of not using God's name. All right, we have an email from. <coughs> someone in cookville i'm not sure exactly who it is i know the family but i don't know who in the family is uh, sending this email but uh, we read from cookville tonight uh, our poll question what is the most overlooked sin of the tongue today i think the one of the most overlooked sins of the tongue is not speaking kindly to others especially your children when your children are being obstinate and stubborn and don't want to do what you've asked them to it's very easy to lose your temper and yell at them and say ugly unkind things but it also seems when you're very busy or in a hurry, your children find ways to make messes and get into trouble. I never did that, but I hear kids can. Uh, some verses that we have to constantly read are Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 through 32. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. And then the description of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And on her tongue is the law of kindness, uh, certainly an attribute that we all should uh, aspire to there. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. In Proverbs 16, verse 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And then uh, the question number two, how can we overcome this sin? The answer is, I have to pray every morning and evening for me to control my tongue and temper. I also read the passages listed above. I also try to stop and think about the mistakes I've already made and how I look to my children. I think about my example to them and how I want them to react in situations that are stressful to them. I remind myself losing control is sinful. Very good thoughts. Appreciate those from Cookville tonight. We're talking about our tongue and how we can control it. We've got lots to talk about on the other side of the break, and hopefully some messages from you at questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. 
So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. Hello, my name's Jeffrey Vernon. I'm 13, and this is the Virtual Bible Study. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Thank you again for joining us as we talk about our tongue and how we can control it. We have an email from Mike. Mike says, and not you, Mike, but another Mike here in Columbia, says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 2, the writer says, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. The writer is saying, use your ears and listen, and you will be wiser. We only learn and obtain knowledge when we are listening. We do not learn when we are talking. This is probably why God and his wisdom gave us two ears and one mouth. All right, so uh, interesting comments there. We do need to be listening uh, Monty, if we'll listen instead of talking, we'll save ourselves a lot of grief sometimes. That's right, Jacob. You know, as the email said there, uh, we've only got one mouth and two ears, so we need to do twice as much listening at least <laughs> as we do talking. All right, and we have some more comments to, of, to our proposed email tonight. Again, I want to go back to what uh, was said from Cookville tonight, Proverbs 31, verse 26. This is an instruction that certainly males and females would be wise to heed. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue on her tongue is the law of kindness. We need to have that be said of our tongue and the way we use it, and certainly that would be a great uh, statement about our life. Stacy has emailed in poll or answers to our poll question, and we read, the most overlooked sin on the tongue, of the tongue today is thoughtless words. One should stop and think before speaking when confronted with a difficult situation or emotion. A good sister in Christ in Wisconsin used to pause and uh, and choose her words carefully. We would all be wise in using this approach. And how can we overcome the sin of thoughtless words, think, uh, speaking without thinking? Uh, my father used to use an illustration of how God gave us ample aids to help us overcome the sins of the tongue. He gave us teeth to bite the tongue. He gave us teeth to bar the tongue. He gave us lips to seal the tongue. Of course, we need to clean out the inside, so what comes from within is pure. Mark 7, verses 20 through 23. So we appreciate those comments tonight. Uh, certainly, we need to be controlling our tongue and keeping it under control, Monty. You know, that Proverbs 31 woman that we was just talking about says she opens her mouth with wisdom. That tells us that she wasn't having thoughtless words coming out, as Stacy just mentioned in the email. But wisdom has to do with a proper application of knowledge. So she had thought about what she was going to say and used the knowledge that she had in order to say profitable things rather than just blurting things out in a thoughtless manner. All right. Stacy from Jackson, I mean, Randy from Jackson, Missouri, has two things that come to mind in the area of the most overlooked sin of the tongue. One would be sharing gossip in the church as a prayer request. Interesting uh, comment there. Sharing gossip in the church as a prayer request. How do we overcome that? We should stop the person as soon as we recognize that the prayer request is veiled gossip. We should ask questions like, do you have that per person's permission to share this information, or have you verified this information with the individuals involved? And, um, Mike, we can be guilty of gossiping by in trying to cover it as something that it's not, maybe a prayer request or some other type of uh, veil that we would use, but we've got to be careful that we're not engaged in gossip, even if we're trying to hide it. Certainly, I appreciate Randy making the great point of 
uh, <clears throat> I can remember someone saying one time that they were concerned because a, a certain member would come you know, up to them every time they would say, oh, you know, we need to pray for brother, sister, and so-and-so because, and then go into this, uh, you know, and into this long, you know, uh, somewhat rumor-filled explanation, things like that. So I think Randy makes the great point that just because it's veiled with we need you know we, we need to pray for for so and so doesn't does not excuse the the words that follow that. Here's another uh, sin that Randy thinks we need to consider, and it certainly is something worthy of consideration. A sin that Randy mentions here, Monty, is bad mouthing public officials. You know, Jacob, the the scriptures tell us that we're not to speak evil of the rulers of our country, or we don't have rulers in our country, but we have leaders in our country, elected officials. Uh, I might not agree with everything that the governor does or the president does or some other elected official does, but they still are elected officials. They are leaders, our rulers in effect, and if we're speaking evil of them, we're definitely violating that command that God's given us. So if we don't have anything, like we said a minute ago with one of the emails said, if we don't have something good to say about these particular officials, then we just need to keep our mouths shut. Exactly right, Tom. We don't think about that very often in our society, but we've got to be careful about how we speak about our leaders. We've got to show them respect that is due. I think about David sometimes, you know, when Saul was pursuing him, and then there were times where he came up on Saul and had the opportunity to kill him and wouldn't do so because he was God's anointed. And some of that probably applies as well to government officials when we speak uh, ill of them. Exactly right. Uh, we've got to be careful about that. Appreciate Randy for bringing that out. We have to uh, understand the importance and the, the severity of, of saying evil. <clears throat> to go along with, with Randy's point, in, in Acts chapter 24, you remember when Paul came before, uh, you know, came before, uh, was it uh, Felix, you know, and uh, let's see, was it verse 3, we accepted always in all places, most noble Felix with all Thank you. you know, Paul referred to to Felix as most noble. You know, if you start looking at some of the things that these that these leaders were were uh, I want to say guilty of, but like Felix and some of the Roman some of the Romans were much more. Uh, you know, they had very cruel things like that. I'm certainly sure that that Paul didn't agree with maybe the politics and things like that. Yet he still referred to him as most noble. Exactly right. In Second Peter chapter two. Uh, the, there's a list of things there about some people that is not praiseworthy and some things that uh, should be avoided. Uh, in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9, beginning, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the, ungod- the godly out of temptation and reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. Some people there that God is going to punish, and notice one of their characteristics, Mike, is they speak evil of dignitaries, and that's something we need to think about and something we all uh, can be guilty of if we're not careful. You know, in Acts chapter 23, uh, it's talking about Paul when he's on trial here, and he's before the the high priest. It says uh, in verse 2 of Acts chapter 23, And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law, and you speak, command me to be struck contrary to the law. And those who stood by said, Do you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. So Paul understood that it was wrong, and the example that he sets before us there is his understanding of how wrong it is for us to speak evil of a ruler of our people. Exactly right. Randy has a tip for us on how we can overcome this sin of bad-mouthing public officials. He says we should remind the offender that we are to pray for public officials and honor and respect them because of their God-given position in the government. The same applies for bad-mouthing superiors at work or authority figures like teachers or police officers. I think Randy makes valid points there. We've got to be on guard against this sin. You know, it's hard for us to be talking ugly about somebody or bad-mouthing them when we're busy praying for them as fulfilling the command that God's given us. That's right. So thank you for those excellent comments tonight. Appreciate those, Randy. 877-381-4567 is the number to call. Questions at collegeu.com is the email address to use. Plenty of time to take your comments. Plenty of sins of the tongue that we haven't even covered yet, guys. Let's get into some more of those. One of them certainly would be lying, Tom. We've got to be careful that we're speaking the truth with our tongue and that we're not engaged in lying. Well, lying is an abomination. Uh, Proverbs 6, chapter, verses 16 and following, uh, you know, gives us some information there. It's... That's where, you know, 
the Lord reveals to us there the things that he hates, and lying happens to be one of those. Uh, and so we need to be on our guard always to be, you know, to resist and turn away from the, the lies and uh, having that part of our life. You know, actually lying is two of those there, and the things that it says is these six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, so there it is one time, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to running mis- to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. So lying's included in two of the things there that God hates. Certainly it's something that we need to be on guard against, and unfortunately it's something that many people in the world don't care anything about, have no reservations about lying. You know, uh, Jacob and John, in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is talking, he says, and you're, the, you're of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do is a murder from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. Uh, if the devil is the father of lies and he's full of lies, when we, if we're telling lies, then what we're doing, whether we think about it that way or not, is we're being like the devil. And I don't think that's who any of us want to pattern our lives after. So we need to be careful that when, to always tell the truth. When the first sins we introduced into the world, how did that happen? Because the devil had talked to Eve, and he misrepresented or lied about what God had, had told them. And so because of his lies, sin was introduced into the world. So when we're lying, we're being like the devil, and we're being like ways that we don't need to be. The simple instruction on overcoming lying is to speak truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And so we can overcome lying by speaking truth. We've got to be on guard against lying. People lie today without reservation. People who claim to be Christians lie, tell those little white lies, or tell uh, untruths to try and avoid and obscure the truth, and we've got to be on guard against that. Another sin of the tongue that we've got to be on guard against is boasting or bragging. It happens a lot in the world today, Mike, and it ha- can happen to us as well if we're not careful. We've got to be on guard against boasting or bragging. Well, certainly, uh, James chapter 3, verse 5 says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire, uh, kindleth. You know, bragging often uh, is done by those who are, you know, uh, arrogant and, and things like that. Uh, interestingly, back to, you know, the Proverbs uh, chapter 6 about the things hate, uh, the things that the Lord hates. And the first one is a proud look or, or somewhat of, um, of an arrogant look, which I think could also be, be associated with boasting. All right. We've got to be on guard against that. And here's another one, Tom, that's overlooked a lot. That's murmuring or complaining. That's the use of the tongue that we've got to be on guard against. It got the Israelites in all kinds of trouble, and it gets us in all kinds of trouble today. We murmur and complain and don't even realize what we're doing. Yeah, I think Paul makes reference to that there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, and he says, Either murmur ye, or as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Uh, you know, when you think about it, a whole generation of individuals perished in the wilderness because of the murmuring that went on. They they didn't believe that the Lord would deliver them and, and lead them into the land as he had promised. And, uh, you know, we find ourselves sometimes guilty of that uh, uh, from time to time in our everyday lives. Uh, things that just don't go quite our way, we, we start complaining about. And, uh, and, you know, really complaining falls into murmuring. Exactly right, and it'll get us in trouble. Mike, certainly, I have to wonder. Long, long Tom's good point there that if the God did, if God did not, did not accept the the complaining uh, from from the Israelites and the condition that they were in, you know, they had to go out and and you know collect their food in the morning and prepare it, and they lived a nomadic lifestyle from time to time, and they would complain, and 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 God wasn't pleased with that. I have to wonder in this country that we live in. When we complain, how much more is God going to hold us accountable? Certainly to? obnoxious to, yeah. for us to be complaining mm-hmm. about the things that we enjoy. Yeah, but when you look at the way we're blessed in this country, we really and truly don't have anything to complain or murmur about. Exactly right. And finally, before we quit, Monty, we need to talk about euphemisms. We talked about it a little bit, but uh, euphemisms or abbreviations or uh, other words that are used in the place of, of evil words are evil in and of themselves, and we've got to be on guard against that. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, if we're using those words, what we're really saying is I'd like to be saying something worse, but I don't think I can get away with that, or that'd be too uh, coarse of speech in the company that I'm in. So I'll just use something else to substitute that socially doesn't sound quite as bad. And But what that's really saying is if we've got that evil in our heart and it's working its way out, 
all the time, just not in quite a socially unacceptable way. Exactly right. And so we've got to be on guard against that. Again, you hear Christians using the Lord's name in vain by using these euphemisms, and we need to be on guard against that. Certainly, it's unpleasing to God. Well, Monty, thank you for joining us on the program tonight. I think that wraps up our time and the talk of the tongue. Certainly more things we could discuss, but uh, certainly some things we mentioned tonight are worthy of our consideration. Thank you for having me tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I enjoyed being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tom. Glad you came. It's been a pleasure. And we appreciate you joining us on the program tonight. We'll leave you with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where the instruction from God is, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And that's our encouragement for to you tonight. Make sure that you are controlling your tongue because your tongue can cause you to be Come in condemnation of God if we do not keep it under control. Thank you again for joining us on the program tonight. We hope you benefited from our discussion of the tongue. We encourage you to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.